This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas and educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brim. Have you ever thought about how polarized some debates in education are? Think about it for a second. Whole language versus phonics. Direct versus indirect instruction. Public versus private schools. The list goes on. My guest today, Professor Young Zhao, says that these polarized debates result in part from research studies that look only at effects, not side effects, of educational interventions. Rarely do studies acknowledge what works and what doesn't work. I don't think they look at side effects and effects at the same time. I think the challenge is this, is there are a lot of researchers, but they are studied separately. That's the problem. Young Zhao, a foundation distinguished professor in the School of Education at the University of Kansas, argues that educational research should learn from medical science. The idea of side effects, I think, works very well because, as we know, in anything you do, there is kind of we call opportunity cost. For example, if you spend time, all your time studying math, you're not going to have the same time to go out to play music. You know, that, that, that's, that's the, the kind of thing. So there are some universals that can go together, you know. Yong Zhao, welcome to Fresh Ed. Thank you, Will. Glad to be here. So this may sound like a rather strange place to start our conversation on education research, um, but bear with me for a second. Um, in medical research, what are researchers typically looking for? Well, typically, I think uh, we know it's not only typical, but they are required to uh, uh, look for both effects, that is uh, uh, how it works and what does it work, and the side effects is the negative uh, uh, consequences or outcomes uh, that uh, might come, you know, f- with a medicine or medical procedure. So this is like why we see um, possible side effects written on the box of over-the-counter drugs, for instance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of the, I think, uh, results is that when you get a, you know, a bottle of medicine, you know, maybe cures your you know, kind of headache, but may cause a bleeding stomach, you know, things like that. <laughs> And you said that it's required. Who who is requiring medical research to to look at this not only the effects but also the side effects and make them publicly known? Well, at least in the, we know in the U.S. the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, you know, they are uh, any government agency that approves uh, you know uh, drugs to be released on the market or approves any medical procedures. I think there is a. A government uh, always looking for those that require pharmaceutical companies or any kind of uh, uh, medical, uh, I think, institutions try to do that. So in terms of medical research and looking at side effects and effects, what are some of the typical methods that um, are usually employed? Well, typically the methods is really we call the randomized, you know, controlled trials. That is, uh, you know, allow, you know, you, you randomize people and uh put in different groups, you know, then you give some people the, uh, the medicine, you give some people the uh, placebo, you know, called it placebo effects, so to say the, the results. But uh, the important thing is that uh, when they measure the outcome, they do not measure if it's effective in curing disease, but it's also look at damages, you know, for example, you know, disease, uh, some medicine may cure you, uh, your liver problem, but it can kill you. <laughs> so you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to take that one? No. <laughs> so... 
Are these random control trials um, found in the social sciences? Uh, typically in education is not much. That's why in recent years, there's been encouragement uh, action to say uh, social sciences should do a lot more randomized trials, but you know, it's how difficult it is. In, you cannot seriously randomize kids a lot and it's very expensive uh, as well. However, it is growing because it has been believed that advancement of medicine is due to this randomized, randomized controlled trials in methods. And so it's, it's happening a lot. It's costing a lot of money. And uh, so uh, here we are. We, we see a lot of those things encouraged. And, but I'm not sure how that's going to uh, improve education or not. So what sort of side effects could you know, be uncovered if this method were employed uh, more widely? Well, side effects, like, you know, one thing we could say like uh, um, long-term and short-term uh, uh, outcomes. For example, you may be able to push students to memorize math or uh, memorize some uh, historical facts. But that's short-term. If you measure that, you know, in a week, my students have been able to memorize this uh, formula, you know, but at the same time, uh, they might have lost interest in the subject, you know. You know, maybe the more they learn, the, the, the more they hate the subject, I think that would uh, be a bad idea. We've also seen that uh, some parents maybe like to say, you know, we force children to memorize and we're proud they can memorize so many words now, but then they've lost interest in reading. That may not be a good idea either. So surely some educational research does look at side effects, right? I don't think they look at side effects and effects at the same time. I think the challenge is this, is there are a lot of researchers who don't like certain methods. They will say, okay, uh, you know, our problem are this. For example, you, you see a lot of people reporting, I mean, you're in Japan, uh, you saw people say, Japanese education has caused students to lose creativity, curiosity, and all those kind of things. Uh, and uh, But at the same time, uh, the other side will say, no, we look at Japanese education, kids can you know, their math scores are high, their science scores are high, and so, but they are studied separately. That's the problem. So they're studied in the sense that one group of researchers will, will look at one issue without recognizing the uh, uh, side effect to that issue. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, in a sense, that is, you know, the proponents of certain methods will say, you know, look how effective my method is. Or, you know, that's why you say people say uh, if they want to go for test scores, they say, oh, East Asian countries are doing so great. You get Shanghai, you get Japan, Korea, Singapore, all have great scores. So they said, let's learn from them. You know, let's learn from Japan. Let's learn. You see a lot of people saying that. But at the same time, people say, no, 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 they're actually damaging their kids, you know. And so this, we should never do that. So you have two camps of people. People, then finally they kind of evolve into ideological war. They began to argue with each other, but not trying to say, yes, it is the same system. It's the same thing. It just results in, you know, the same consequence, I mean, different consequences, but it's, uh, this, you know, it's the two sides of the same coin. And so when there's this, this ideological divide that ends up happening, I mean, th there can't necessarily, there must be very difficult dialogue across these different camps, but it also must impact policymakers in a particular way because then they have to, you know, how do they attach themselves to certain camps over other camps? Oh yeah, that, that's the, I think that's the big issue is that when we are, when they are studied separately, 
you have these uh, ideological arguments, uh, which does not really help improve you know, uh, education, it does not lead to you know, a betterment. So then you have uh, policymakers, if they happen to be aligned with one ideology over the other, they would promote that as national policies in, or, or educational system-wide policies. And uh, then you may have another government come in five years later to say, oh, look at the damage it's done. Let's throw that away. Let's pick something else. And the something else has also side effects. So they began to have this pendulum swing, you know, a few years to say, oh, this method doesn't work. And then let's pick something new because it's so exciting. Look at only the positive effects. And then after five, a few years, some other group comes in and says, look, at all the you know side effects, then just throw it away. Let's pick something else. So there is this pendulum swing. New ideas get recycled, but very few people would say, "Okay, if we look at the side effects, what if we say, okay, can we do something to mitigate the side effects, to reduce that, to minimize that? Then that represents you know uh, improvement. So so there you know so there's this way we do not just randomly throw things away based on ideology and based on one set of data and measurement. So would an, an example of this be the No Child Left Behind Act? Well, in the U.S., definitely, yes. You know, for example, the, the U.S., you know, you, know, you know, technically when No Child Left Behind was introduced, it was a good idea. And many people think that, uh, and, uh, you know, you hold schools accountable, you want to raise student test scores, you know, uh, you want to uh, test a lot. And those things actually could and um, should result some improvement. But at the same time, and, you know, we know from... Uh, uh, experiences in Asian countries, you know, like uh, high stakes testing, test students often is going to result in a uh, test driven education. That is, test becomes, uh, you know, edu- sorry, education becomes test preparation. Then you assess students lose interest. You're going, when you hold high teachers accountable for raising test scores, and when they actually cannot do that, it's a demoralizing education. And then you would need to a narrow of curriculum, which we know happened in Asian countries. So if we had known that for sure, we may have found ways to say, can we design some other ways uh, to make sure that doesn't happen? Or can we make sure you know, we're not simply borrowing something wholesale, but at the same time design something that's slightly different? And how, how, does, how would you incorporate cultural differences into the idea of learning from abroad and learning about the side effects and the effects from abroad? Um, so, for example, in the case of No Child Left Behind, you were saying that we, you know, they could have policymakers and educational researchers could have easily looked at um, other countries that have implemented uh, the same sort of test-based accountability measures. But how do you incorporate cultural differences when thinking about, say, the U.S. versus Japan? Well, that's a fabulous question. It's, uh, in, in essence, you know, culture um, differences or cultural conditions Really, are the causes uh, or reasons for uh, some other side effects? You know, for example, you know, some people are more allergic to penicillin, uh, penicillin and than others. You know, so if you know, as a body, if you imagine human a physical body as a culture, you know, some medicine works one group of people uh, and not others. You know, we say warning signs. For example, you know, if you're pregnant, do not take this medicine. You know, take something different. You know, the, the same thing when you when you import ideas from other cultures, you want to say okay, does it work in this environment? So we should really uh, test some of the ideas. You know, for example, uh, one thing uh, America is trying to borrow from Japan is something called lesson studies, you know. And lesson studies uh, may work in Japan, 
because of the uh, understood, I think, hierarchical culture in schools, you know, and actually works. And you have, uh, you respect the more uh, senior teacher. The senior teacher can have authority over junior teacher, which actually doesn't exist in, in the U.S. culture. So that may not work very well at all. You, you know, in the, in the U.S., as you probably know this very well, you know, the flat structure, the unionized, it's very hard to put one teacher uh, to be the authority on top of other teachers and to, to learn. But also at the same time, you have to think about if education is about innovation, in the hierarchical culture actually constrains innovation. If you borrow this whole thing in, if you think teaching is only just trying to become like the senior teacher, that means there's no innovation, right? I mean, the new, when do the new methods come out? And the new method has to come from people who are not like the senior teacher, who has come from maybe young teachers. So those are the, you know, again, the side effects. So, so the, that's what I think culture is really very much like a human body. You know, medicine works for some people, but don't work for other people. You know, some, you know, some, some medicine may work for, you know, certain age. Some medicine may not work for certain age. Do you think there's limitations to the analogy of, um, con- of, of medical research to educational research? Well, there is definitely, uh, you know, lim- limitations because these are two different things, you know. And uh, however, the idea that uh, the idea of side effects, I think, works very well because, as we know, in, in anything you do, there is kind of we call opportunity cost. For example, if you spend time, all your time studying math, you're not going to have the same time to go out to play music. You know, that, that, that's that's the, the kind of thing. So there are some universals that can go together, you know. And so why? In, in educational research, why hasn't there been a, like a demand for looking at both effects and side effects? Well, I think there are really many reasons. I, I think one of the uh, primary reasons would be um, a lot of people trying to you know, think education does no harm. So we always think education as a good thing. So we don't really question that. And, uh, and number two is also the... Uh, when we talk about side effects, you know, they, they don't necessarily show up at the same time. And, but, you know, which medicine is the same way. You know, some kind of damage, you take medicine, is long-term, it doesn't show up. But we should monitor that. But in education, you know, we don't. You know, once you teach kids, you know, if, if the schools are held accountable for producing good test scores, if you want your children to memorize some uh, math functions, and uh, then but the side effects is a loss of interest and loss of passion, but that will be showing up maybe five years later. You know, when kids began to hate schools, it's, oh, that was caused. Then it's hard to draw a um, direct uh, connection between the two because one is so short term. Another thing, of course, is that I think uh, schools have always looked at one type of effect. That's called academic outcomes. And all academic outcomes are measured in short term. You know, after one week of instruction, after one semester of instruction, one year, but then the other... Uh, Damages may be done much longer term. You you don't even know you know th- those things. And then of course you know they are. Uh, it seems to be such a common sense, but uh, this I haven't seen people calling for the study of this. You know so, uh, so far this is really what I call common sense idea. And uh, so nobody has done this. I, I found it's actually puzzling too. I, I mean, it seems like it would be it would be rather challenging to measure something like passion rather than something like. How a student is doing on a test? Uh, yeah, apparently it's uh, and but you could measure it and also so like things, passion, curiosity, all these things 
are much, you know, longer term takes a long time to to do you know, to to lose or to gain. You know, like for example, if uh, if you know going to school, I don't know well if this happened to you, but definitely happened to many people. Going to school make you feel stupid, for example. You know, like you you can't do this test, you can't do the homework, you tried very hard. Somehow you're just not as good as your brother or your next door neighbor, and that's going to make you feel really bad. But feeling bad that we develop over a long time, and actually most often we don't care. You know, most teachers don't even pay attention to that, and so you don't even know you've damaged. I, I don't know if uh, I mean you apparently seems to be a happy guy. I I, I think you you might have done okay in school, but you know how many schools? I'm sure you have friends who really absolutely hate school and get disengaged, and then we. We 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 don't count them, you know. Like in in our general、uh, world view, we really believe all schools are good. I don't know why. We, we just you know going to school seems to be a good thing. We always believe that, you know. It's a、uh, it, it's shocking, right? It's a、uh, uh, but but you know the, the the a lot of kids get really hurt, you know. But、uh, nobody pays attention to them. We blame them. Say、so、you didn't try hard. You're stupid. You know. You know you were distracted.、Uh, yeah, I must say I um. Personally, I I very much、uh, did not like taking tests, and、mm-hmm. and it, I mean it, yeah I mean I think it's the reason、um, that I got into studying education as I got older to try and understand why it was that I disliked education so much when I was a child. Well, that's another side effect, right? Hating school may not be a bad thing, but if you want to, like you, turn this your attention and say, "I want to know why it's so bad," you know.、Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's another side. So by the way, side effects sometimes. Are not all necessarily bad, so we got to think about the, the, the you know like uh, uh, I think、um, medicine. In, there's a lot of medicine. Like for example, I think Viagra was not invented for fucking、uh, sexual enhancement. It was rainbow for like I think for something else. Then we discover oh it can do this. Okay, that's cool. So you know so that study side effects might uncover a lot more different uses for the same educational methods. So I want to go back to this idea that you said that education can actually do some harm.、Um, so other than like students disliking school, what other harm can actually、um, manifest? Well, I mean, if you're at large scale, if you look at a system level,、uh, you know, uh, some uh, education system can be simply a、uh, uh, uh, brainwashing and uh, or uh, trying to, I would say,、uh, homogenize individuals, getting rid of.、Uh, Uh, different kind of talents, which was actually many schools designed to do. So, if you look at、uh, you know Asian co- countries, I think their systems have done a, a great job in making sure everybody is alike, think alike, learn the same things, and、uh, anyone who is defiant or non-compliant may be kicked out of the system, and which then you know, results in a、uh, talent homogeneity and which hampers innovation、uh, in the long in the long run. And、uh, so that's the, but also the, then the effect is that everybody can think the same. That's really cool. But if you think what、well, everyone think the same, you know they are easier to govern. You know, but at the same time, you 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 know that that you do not expect people to be very creative and innovative. You know, on the other hand, you know like U.S. education system is really horrible in, in the sense of、uh, trying to. By making sure everybody learn the same thing, make sure be obedient, and、uh, but at the same time, the other side effects. Hey, it has resulted a bunch of people who can think outside the box. So it seems like a lot of this issue is about giving. Well, it's it seems like it's really about the value of education, having a debate over what it is that a particular system of education, and I guess it would be what policymakers or those in power deem the right. 
effect that they're they're looking for. So if it's you know thinking outside the box or if it's discipline or whatever it is. I mean, so really it seems like the issue is it's a lot deeper than just looking at effects and side effects, but it's actually about having this um, kind of deeper debate on the different values of education. Yeah, and I think that's precisely when 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 you are also for parents and for educators, you know, as consumers, policymakers, consumers, you want to know when it does this, it also does that. So you got to weigh over: do you want that or do you want this? When the, you cannot have both, you know. So I think people in education, in many educators, even researchers, do. They really hope we can have both, you know. It's uh, but sometimes you really cannot have both. So you you need to know. I I you know we talk about when you when you put yourself into surgery, you sign those long you know pages and pages of risk, you know, to say it could do this. Now are you willing to take the risk? I hope you know education when you send your children to school to say now okay, I want to know what the side effects as be what this cannot do what are the risks of my kids going to your school what are my the side effects of, what are the you know, possible damages you could do to my children what will my children not get you know, for example you know that that's you know you go to some school i'm sure you know japan as in anywhere else you go to school you want to ask you know yes you're great in academically you know but at what cost so you want to say, at what cost? Will my children still have time to play? Will my children be happy? Will my children you know, be making friends? You know, will my children be anxious? You know? So you want to know those things. If that's the case, you say, man, I don't like that. I'm going to go some, somewhere else. You know? Then you go to another, maybe a, like a school, that's play-based school to say, yeah, your children will be very happy, be playing with nature, all those things. But they say, so at what cost? And they say, well, maybe your children will not be as competitive in taking the test, you know. And so you as parents say, yeah, I'm willing to live with that. So that, that's the kind of things I think we need to think about. So are you, in a sense, are you advocating for something like a over-the-counter drug that has, that's in a box that has, you know, publicly and clearly labeled the side effects? But, you know, would that somehow that would work for education? Like how would parents and how would teachers and how would policymakers and principals, how would they actually know these side effects? Like, you know, there is no FDA for education in America, but are you saying there should be one? I, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, they are actually anywhere. I, I, first of all, I think uh, uh, there should be somebody, you know, maybe starting with the professional organizations and uh, uh, academic journals that publish this research to really require people, uh, researchers, to report both, to study both. You know, the, the, first of all, that, that information has to be available to study both. And I'm working on a book trying to compile existing findings, but that has to come from, you know, both sides, but different independent researchers, both ideological camps. Uh, but that's, you know, that's going to be the beginning of that. But I would love to say professional organizations, academic journals requiring people to study and reporting uh, known effects and side effects at the same time. And then any kind of uh, new pedagogical methods and uh, new textbooks uh, or new policies uh, containing that information for the, for the public, for parents and uh, for uh, uh, teachers to understand. I think it's, uh, it's very important to do that. And of course, there are some other kind of medicine, for example, some generic medicine uh, that may not have as much side effects, you know, and for example, uh, you know, we, the, but, you know, we still need to know, do, you know, do they have any of effect? Now, I don't know if you notice that we are that now on television now, most of medicine, when they uh, promote them, uh, TV ads, 
you know, I think they read out the, uh, uh, the side effects for much longer time than the effects, you know. And really quickly as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, for me, education seems so deeply political to particularly a nation state. And I would imagine that some nation states would be very um, uncomfortable making all of these different decisions so publicly available with the known side effects and effects. Oh, yeah, I think that, that definitely it's it's they are. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's like, you know, pharmaceutical companies, uh, many of them try to hide side effects. Many of them do not study them. Many of them, you know, uh, you know they try to hide. It's, that, that's very, very possible. So it's, it's really uh, nothing new in that sense. It's uh, if you treat from huge, you know, giant, you know, pharmaceutical companies as a nation state, they, they want to hide. They, they, they do not want to let everybody know. So that's really possible. But the... the in education, often or typically, it is the nation state that is also producing the education, right? So it's you know the nation state is producing the education, um, and also the ones who are regulating it, and you know. So if they're trying to hide something, there might be a little. It's a little difficult to get um, some regulatory body to uncover it. There's no kind of. Oh yeah, you know, like you know, for example, I know uh, you know there are countries who try to hide. Uh, uh, um, children uh, anxiety data children mental health data some countries try not to report uh, uh, youth suicide rates you know they, 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 uh, at least to not make them public you know so so those are it's uh, it's possible you know so and there are countries who do not allow you to write any kind of uh, uh, critical uh, you know which is a measure of side effects I think that you when we have one nation state that funds all educational research and uh, they will censor any publication of that but at the same time you know we also do see big companies like Pearson uh, or all these other for-profit education companies um, that are in a sense acting like those pharmaceutical companies and hiding uh, or controlling their data and only you know, releasing the data that shows how great their educational products are. I don't think there's companies in education, like I mentioned before, uh, even study side effects. They, again, they're they are busy proving how good it is. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and that seems like um, it does, you know, I mean, it just, it seems like such a valuable endeavor to do. And it almost seems like you said, common sense. Um, but I just it, it just seems like it'll, it will be very difficult to get educational researchers to do that. I mean, particularly because it's become so ideological for a lot of these um, these different issues in education. Yeah, I, th I think definitely it's uh, uh, it, it's uh, but but I think it's, it's, a, it's a must in that we have. So that's why I hope this is, uh, uh, you know, with your help, with other people's help, we can spread the ideas. It is actually essential really for us to advance the, this whole field. Because I mean, I, if you've been in education long enough, you know we recycle this kind of uh, ideas, you know, whole language. No, it's it's has to be phonics. And remember those, those wars, you know, we do pure math back to the basics. Now we do kind of inquiry-based learning. We argue all the time. And, and really, we just need to to have a clear understanding of what we're talking about. We need to advance, you know. And uh, so, so you know, people argue, like now, you know, direct instruction is back, you know, in full swing. I mean, I know Australia, some government said they got to do direct instruction because it's very effective, you know. Children do not need to discover one plus one equals two, you know. And uh, and so look at how you... But at the same time, you say, you know, that might be simply what I call 
unproductive, you know, uh, success. You know, short-term success, but it's not productive in the long run. Mm. Well, Yang Zhao, thank you so much for joining Fresh Edit. It's really great to talk today. Uh, thank you, Will. This is great. And I hope uh, you will help us uh, spread the word, you know, this demand, this require, uh, you know, study side effects and effects, you know. When it works, it hurts. Young Zhao is a Foundation Distinguished Professor at the School of Education at the University of Kansas. His article, What Works May Hurt, Side Effects in Education, can be found in the February issue of the Journal of Educational Change. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes. It really does help. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com support. Fresh Ed's producers are Sherry Yang, Yuval Devere, and Hong Zhong. Aggie Hu is Fresh Ed's social media coordinator, and original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll see you next week.